research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power. I'm joined by, as always, Eric Eggers, author and vice president of the Government Accountability Institute. Well, it's that time of year, you're gathering around the table with family and friends. Maybe the odd uncle showed up, uh, but hey, that's family. Or you could just be eating delivery on a sofa and watching football. Who knows how you're going to be spending Thanksgiving. But it is in addition to a time of eating and a time of gathering. It's also a time of reflection. Uh, it's a time to look at the things that we maybe struggled with in the previous year and the things that we are thankful for. Now, I'm trying to imagine Thanksgiving at the Eggers household, but I can't because I've never been invited. You've never been invited. And probably part of the reason for that is because of your dystopian take on what Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday, the random uncle, like one odd uncle shows up or somebody sitting by themselves. You have no getting, you have no experience with any of that. Getting no I'm just members. saying like those you just painted the worst Thanksgiving no, picture. I I've ever heard not. of my life. Right? One not. loser uncle or you're by yourself. Those are the two possibilities. How about a cornucopia of uh, company? A right? cornucopia. I like a, that. A warm, I like that. A warm hearth at their home, you know, surrounded by family. You know, we have uh, many different family traditions and it's I've, I've seen a full gamut of uh, Thanksgiving possibilities. And so we're excited to offer some Thanksgiving inspired awards. Yes. Because of the year that's been right. It's holiday season. And we wanted to go into Thanksgiving week and give people, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of, here's some stuff you should be upset about, but we want to have a little bit of a positive spin as well. That's exactly right. Look, everybody's got their favorites uh, for Thanksgiving, the way they like their turkey prepared, the side dishes, the desserts. What we've decided is to look at the past year through the lens of cronyism, corruption, the abuse of power, uh, with some Thanksgiving-themed awards. Uh, so Eric is going to lay out the award. These are unusual. These are not straightforward awards, but I think they make the point. First, we're going to talk about the things that we are frustrated with, we were disappointed in this year, but we're going to end on that positive note, as you mentioned, describing some of the things or some of the people uh, that we should be thankful for. And I would say there are probably some surprises on both of these lists. I think so. I think people will be surprised that it's uh, you know a little counterintuitive, but again, we we like to celebrate the times when people avoid abusing their power. We like to call it out when people do take advantage of their position of public authority. And, um, you know, so the, so the first ones, these are people that are sort of abused positions of authority. So we're going to call, call them generally, these are Turkey Awards. The Turkey Awards. I like that. Turkey Awards. So Turkey in a negative connotation, which, again, if you listen to Peter describe his Thanksgiving, you could understand <laughs> that, right? He's just by himself <laughs> waiting on Uber Eats. No, I'm <laughs> so, trying to be inclusive. I'm just place. trying to be inclusive. <laughs> They're single people that can't see their families. Well, and I think we need to make them well, the feel odd, included. The odds are probably well. greater that people that listen to a podcast by themselves. <laughs> like if your uncle's over. <laughs> I was like, no. Nah. Okay, so the first, uh, the first turkey award, we're calling this the hidden, the hidden gizzard and neck award. The hidden gizzard and neck award. Now, this is this is an important award, and the reason we call it the hidden neck and gizzard award is because sometimes, and I've never done this, but sometimes when you cook a turkey, you might forget 
to bring things out of it. You might forget to take out the gizzard, take out the neck, and so you end up screwing up the whole thing. And, right. and it's a surprise. It's like initially you look from the outside. Oh, it looks, it looks good. Like, looks like a good turkey in the oven. Then you pull it out and you're like, oh, there's some gross and ghoulish stuff contained in this thing. That's right. And when we thought of this award, we immediately thought of the winner who is Dr. Tony Fauci. Uh, And the reason is that uh, this is a guy who, you know, exudes all kinds of confidence on television. I mean, remember, at first he told us, don't worry about COVID, go on a cruise, nothing to worry about. Uh, He went from that to the apocalypse, but he's lied numerous times. So in other words, uh, you've got the visual facade talking about how calm and confident and competent he seems to be. That's the picture of the well-cooked turkey, if we're continuing the metaphor, just trying to help people follow along. Exactly. And then you sort of look and Inside that inner cavity, yeah, and there's the gizzard, and there's the neck, and it's like it wrecks the whole thing. Oh, we did, we did actually pay for gain of function, as it turns out. <laughs> That's exactly right. He went to Congress and flat out said, "We did not finance and support any gain of function research." That is wrong. It's incorrect. The federal government itself has now admitted that we did do that. So he lied to Congress about that. He has lied repeatedly uh, uh, about masks. Uh, There were uh, emails that he received. He knew about research that indicated masks were not very effective, but he kept pushing it anyway, pretending that he ignored that information. Um, And then, of course, he lied about mandating vaccines. He said numerous times in television interviews, I cannot envision a situation where we would mandate the general public getting vaccines. And of course, that's exactly what he did just a couple of months later. Yeah, I would say just to to close it out, he basically like prepared this poisoned meal and then forced America to eat it. That's right. right. That's right. He didn't tell you that the neck and the gizzard were still inside. Right. He just sliced it up and served it. And you just realize after the fact what had happened. But it is crazy. I mean, again, this post COVID been a year and a half and just the amount of impact it's had on every day, every aspect of American life. And so I hope that people can gather together and have a Thanksgiving meal, not be afraid because I think just, look, we we always want people to be safe, but we also want people to be safe and smart consumers of information. And unfortunately, some of the information Dr. Fauci has distributed over the last year has been anything but that. Yeah. And here's the thing. Look, I get you're in the middle of pandemic. It's a new disease. You're trying to figure things out. But I think the, the, the threshold for the average American is, is pretty simple. Don't lie to us. Right. Don't, lie to us. And Fauci has done that repeatedly. uh, And I think for that reason, he definitely needs to get the uh, Hidden Gizzard and Turkey Award. What's our next award? Okay, this is one, unfortunately, I can relate very well to. This is the Nighttime Turkey Sandwich After Dessert Award, right? (laughs) So you've already had a couple plates, you've had dessert, uh, you know, you've by all accounts should be full. And then for whatever reason, maybe it's because you're into the, you know, uh, Pino or whatever, but um, you decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have one more sandwich. It's just unnecessary. It's sort of a bad idea and it's, you know, borderline gluttonous. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't probably think it through and you do it at the last minute right. and maybe you regret afterwards. And unfortunately this award goes to Donald Trump because on his last day of office, he signed an executive order one, three, seven, seven, zero, which basically got rid of the lobbying ban that he had instituted at the beginning uh, of his administration. Um, one of the things I really appreciated about Donald Trump was that he was fighting the swamp. He talked about fighting the swamp and he actually 
actually enacted some serious reforms, one of which was to simply say you join my administration and you cannot lobby the federal government for five years after that fact. Totally sensible, makes complete sense. Unfortunately, on the last day of office, January 20th, 2021, he wiped out that commitment, allowing everybody who had served in his administration to open up a lobbying shop and lobby the administration. It was very disappointing. Uh, and I was very sad to see him do it. And just for the listeners, why do you, why do you feel like that's such a big deal, right? Why do you think it's important for people that work in the administration to then not be able to go and immediately become lobbyists? Well, because you you end up uh, commodifying your office, right? Your public service. So what you're supposed to be doing is serving the public. You're in the White House. You're in the Department of Labor. You're in the bowels of the Department of Transportation. You're supposed to be representing the American people, doing the best for government in terms of policy. And you're not supposed to be looking over your shoulder, or I should say looking ahead at what lies next. Yeah. And so the lobbying ban, which was a great idea, explicitly said, guess what? If you go to the Department of Labor, you're not going to be able to lobby the Department of Labor or the federal government for five years. It gets rid of that incentive. It gets rid of cronyism. It gets rid of a lobbyist comes into you when you're working for, for the federal government, wants a favor. You're inclined to give it to them because you want to go work for them after the fact. That's no longer the case. Unfortunately, because of this law, that changed. Yeah, you'd like to think that the decisions that are made in the branches of the government that we fund, right, are because people think it's actually the best public policy that they come up with, not because there's private interests or personal enrichment potentially on the table that helps shape those decisions. But unfortunately, right, right, when when you have outside influences, you have proximity to outside influences and money-making opportunities, then – it's more likely that bad decisions get made. Yeah, it's 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 swamp-like behavior. That's what I think is so frustrating. It should be pointed out, by the way, that that uh, Donald Trump may have received inspiration uh, for this because Bill Clinton actually did the exact same thing <laughs> during his administration. He signed a similar waiver only weeks after uh, his term was about to end back in 2001. So very, very sad. That is the nighttime turkey sandwich after dessert award. Last minute, shouldn't have been done. I think everybody regrets it. Uh, so what's our next award? Well, I just can say, I think I have it in my notes that that's the only thing Bill Clinton and Donald Trump have in common. So I think that's... <laughs> maybe. Maybe, that's maybe. Do a little more research on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the next award is the Thanksgiving morning turkey frying party award. And this is inspired by my uncle who my mom just gives him a hard time about this because every Thanksgiving morning he disappears for hours. Yep. To yep. go fry a turkey with all of his coworkers and buddies. Right. And he comes back after, you know, this undetermined amount of time. And then it's like, what have you been doing? Who have you been doing it with? Right. And now, like, you just seem like you're going to make a lot of bad decisions for the rest of the day. Right. right? And and the bottom line is he goes off with this group. You you kind of know how this is going to end. Yeah. Right? yeah. 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 No, it's like, OK, we're well, going to be around those guys are allegedly frying turkey. There's a, maybe a public interest at, in work. But really, it's. You know, nothing good's going to happen. Yeah, there's a predictable outcome. And this award goes to the Biden family, uh, to the Biden family, because guess what? A family that was corrupt before Joe Biden became president remains corrupt today. Uh, we've highlighted and talked about the Biden family's uh, uh, enrichment corrupt schemes uh, while he was in the Senate, while he was vice president of the United States. We talked about the Biden five, the five family members that have cashed in. So Joe Biden runs for office, assures the American people there's going to be no corrupt deals. We're going to have the highest ethical standards. Of course, every president promises that. Um, And they also say that there's going to be no foreign deals involving the Biden family. Well, lo and behold, Hunter Biden is still involved with that Chinese investment firm, that deal 
deal is worth at least $20 million. And then you have arts, uh, sorry, his his budding art career uh, that Hunter Biden has, uh, which to me is genius level corruption. It's insane. It would be amazing if like in some one of the Zooms that Joe Biden just had with President Xi in China. Like if, if President Xi had like a Hunter Biden piece of artwork over his shoulder. Right. right. Exactly. This is a way to troll or Joe, America. Or, or Joe has one behind him and kind of leans to the side, you know, trying to elicit a comment. Would not put it past them, by the way. Yeah. Uh, because in this art scheme, what's so frustrating is they they pretend that they've solved the ethical concerns by saying the buyers of the art will be anonymous, which right. is, of course, not what you want. Uh, and the art dealer who is handling uh, Hunter's art uh, is looking for clients in China. He's been outspoken about that. So it's, it's laughable. And add on top to uh, add on top of that, uh, you've got Jill Biden, the first lady, actually displaying Hunter's artwork in the White House, the best gallery in the world. You know how... Um when they make up these t-shirts for like these sporting events, but like in advance or so like when the, the Patriots are supposed to go undefeated, right? right they had like right. the undefeated, but then they lost the giants. Right. So they have all these extra t-shirts that always get shipped off to like third world countries. <laughs> right. right. Cause like right. we'll give them to somebody. <laughs> right. Like what if like Hunter Biden art is the equivalent of that? Like, it's like really more of these are, I don't care, man, just put it in the closet. Yeah, right? they're, yeah. just, they're shipping it off to somewhere. Cause yeah. we, you know, we bought it. It's a, it's a thing we yeah. had to do. And now we're just kind of moving on. Yeah. The, the, the best meme, by the way, I saw on this was, uh, you know, a lot of controversy about the, uh, uh, Biden Justice Department going to give four hundred thirty thousand dollars to uh, illegal immigrants who came over and were uh, separated from their family members. And the meme was instead of giving them four hundred thirty thousand dollars, why not give each illegal immigrant a piece of Hunter Biden artwork? Right. Which is actually more allegedly worth more. Um, so, yeah. So the bottom line is how stupid do the Bidens think we are? Uh, this is uh, a corrupt scheme. It's it's gotten uh, minimal uh, attention from the mainstream media, a little bit of mentioned from the Washington Post, New York Times. But the reason they keep doing this is they keep getting away from it and uh, getting away with it. And the media is simply not paying enough attention to it. That's why they deserve this award. All right. Next award is, I think, arguably one of the worst and most detestable concepts related to Thanksgiving. Uh, and that would be the idea of turkey loaf, yes, right? Yes. It's um, what is it? Why is it? And, is it turkey? Yeah. It, and, and, and why is it around? Right. right. Uh, and so we have a turkey loaf award that we give to another thing that's sort of stuffed and jam-packed with amorphous, indescribable, undistinguishable pork, ironically, and that would be the infrastructure bill. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and we're giving this award to uh, the Democratic leadership in Congress and the Republican leadership, mm. uh, specifically Mitch McConnell. Uh, but yes, turkey loaf is a perfect description for this because this monstrosity of a bill is allegedly an infrastructure bill. So like the tur turkey loaf, this is supposed to be turkey. Right. But when you look at the ingredients list, it's far different. Um, this bill has $550 billion of new federal government, quote unquote, investments uh, in infrastructure. Um, but it's really a boondoggle. I mean, they say it's going to go for bridges and roads, uh, the nation's broadband, water systems, energy systems. We've been down this route before. Uh, remember the Obama administration uh, after the financial crisis in 2008? They had Shovel this, ready. Yeah, shovel ready. The stimulus uh, program, they shoveled out all 
all this money in green energy and infrastructure. And our research indicated that 80% of that money uh, ended up going to uh, donors who own businesses who are members of Barack Obama's National Campaign Finance Committee. That's insane. Yeah. So it was it was shoveling money to donors. And, you know, the decisions made about this infrastructure bill that has just passed, this monstrosity that's been signed by President Biden, the decisions on the bridges and the roads, it's not going to be made by civil engineers. Yep. It's not going to be made by professional urban planners. The, the Biden administration is appointing Mitch Landrieu, the former lieutenant governor in, uh, of, New, of Louisiana and the mayor of New Orleans. So you're picking a guy from the most corrupt city in America to determine where this trillion dollars plus is actually going to be spent. Well, the worst part, too, I mean, forget the corruption piece of it, which New Orleans is obviously a real thing. But like, you know what New Orleans is not necessarily known for? <laughs> infrastructure. Infallible infrastructure. <laughs> exactly. I mean, no offense, but really, right. like, like oh, these guys, like, they, we designed this city this way, and, like, that's who's going to be in charge of right. distributing the money to shore up our key needs. Right. That's right. And what that shows is that signals is the priority here is not infrastructure. It's not actually improving our roads and bridges. It's, uh, it's feathering the nests of connected people to Joe Biden. Uh, and uh, Mitch Landrieu is going to be in charge of doling it out. So this is the most, I would argue, the most expensive turkey loaf mm. ever ever created well done thank you you're getting so much it. better at this so, <laughs> so what's the next award all right so this one's a little bit this one's we're moving more towards oh, the realm yeah. of the positive yeah 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 so we, we got a pro i got a problem with this yeah one. we're calling this the oyster stuffing award uh and this is a famous moment in my family's history where my grandmother who does listen to the podcast I want to be very careful about this uh she made <laughs> uh stuffing that she thought was this gourmet stuffing and throw some oysters in there okay and let's just say that not every member of the family appreciated the effort and the creativity that, okay. you know, what are you doing so it's like here's this thing that some people think oh it's this like crown jewel of epicurean accomplishment and other people think it's uh you know the height of uh irresponsibility culinarily speaking right right and, and so, so who gets the o oyster stuffing award uh that would be your best friend anthony blinken yeah i'm not buying this at all go ahead well so make we, the case well i'm i, I want to be very clear we have employees we sort of crowdsource some of this yes right? so we have employees who said here's who i think is doing a good job and one of our guys price who's been paying a lot of attention to the china desk yep. right as uh, many people in this office have been he says that blinken has actually been surprisingly strong in terms of protecting american interests he thought that we would totally abandon the Trump era mindset with regards to China. But in fact, in his first remarks about China at this confirmation hearing, he uh, talked about China's treatments of the Uyghur population's genocide. He then goes to the Alaska summit, engages in one of the most contentious summits with China in decades. Right. He hit him on uh, hit China on human rights issues, trade infractions, treatment of Hong Kong protest protesters, et cetera. So Price says Tony Blinken. He is who we need to be stand up for American interests. Yeah, no, I'm not buying this. And I love Price. Price is uh, very smart, very diligent. Here's my problem with this. Everything you talk about, and you see this reported by the mainstream media, Tony Blinken uh, has expressed you know, concern or frustration or condemnation. It's all words. Yeah. It's all words. I mean, for me, it's all about action. So if you're going to make oyster stuffing, don't talk about it. Don't claim your recipe is so great. Uh, don't say that this is something everybody's going to enjoy. You actually got to go and do it. And Tony Blinken has not done that. I think he hasn't done that because the Biden family, Joe Biden himself, uh, has these uh, nefarious ties with Beijing. Uh, Tony Blinken, as we'll discover later, uh, has these ties as well. So I think talk is foreshadowing. Cheap. Yeah, a little <laughs> foreshadowing. Exactly. But but, you know, here's the bottom line. Talk is so cheap. And in China, 
they actually recognize that people that are cooperative and that are helpful to them need to criticize them sometimes publicly. Yeah. Uh, loosely translated from Chinese, it, it's the, the, the phrase is big help with a little bad mouth is basically what the translation is. And this has been a, a Maoist strategy since, since the 1950s. And the theory is you can't have somebody who's being helpful to you cheerleading and saying you're the best in the world because they have no credibility. Right. So they tolerate and accept criticism from people. Oh, their human rights aren't perfect. They're not good. They're struggling in this area. As long as those people are keeping in place the main pillars of what they need. And I would argue the Biden administration is doing that in spades. So what about the idea of keeping the tariffs on Chinese goods? Well, they, they're keeping the tariffs on Chinese goods because I think it's 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 embarrassing to remove them. Yeah. You want something in return. That would be really bad. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, that would be really just... bad. We're just going to give up on it. <laughs> but but the bottom line is their posture on everything uh, has been to say we're concerned about China doing this and do, doing that, uh, but doing very little to back it up. So um, I think if we're going to give them an award, it should it. be the Oyster Stew Award. Uh, oyster because, Stuffing, Peter. Oyster sorry, stuffing. Oyster Stuffing Award, because some people think it's great, but I don't think it's so great. And and I love your grandmother, by the way. Yeah, Gam Gam. Peter loves you, Gam Gam. That's not really her name. So, uh, okay, so now we'll get some positive awards. Yeah, we, we want to finish, we finish the meal on a That's positive right. note. So we're calling these the Pumpkin Pie Awards because really, like, no one in our office could agree on any universally beloved dish. <laughs> pumpkin pie seems to be the least offensive of any of the alternatives. Right. Uh, I mean, cranberry sauce, which I think was your idea, was yeah. like I love universally sauce. rejected. Yeah, it was. I love it. Cranberry sauce is the best part of the meal. You know, like, you're a super smart guy, and you're like, as Alex Marlowe. <laughs> Uh -oh. said in the last episode, super kind uh -huh. and like literally one of the best people I know who uh -oh. has accomplished uh -oh. so much. Uh -oh. But there's sometimes when you say things, it just makes me wonder about your childhood and your <laughs> universal love for cranberry stuff. It makes me think like, is Peter Schweitzer a psychopath? I don't know. Like, what else don't we based know? On, based on the Thanksgiving menu. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a slight uh, a slight pull there. But yeah, these are awards for people that are doing positive things and we tried really hard to be bipartisan. Yep. And there are some people we're going to give shout outs to. So our first First one goes to Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama because he's introduced legislation to try to close uh, a practice that the Department of Justice started under Barack Obama. It was ended under Donald Trump, and they are starting it again. And it's this massive slush fund where they take money from directed settlements. Let's say J.P. Morgan or a big financial institution breaks some law, can even be an obscure law. DOJ says you're fined $100 million. They settle with them. That money comes to the Treasury. But rather than going to the American public right. or rather than going to the actual victims of the of the infraction that they've committed, they actually send that money to left wing nonprofits. Uh, Tommy Tuberville says this is outrageous. I agree. And he's introduced legislation to stop the Department of Justice from doing this again. And when we say left wing nonprofits, we mean like active like it's La sort Raza, of like, yeah, we're like yes. funneling money to basically political organizations in the name of, you know, nonprofit, social justice, equity, things like that. So by taking it's kind of a Robin Hood, but if Robin Hood was taking money and then funding Antifa kind of thing. That's right. That's right. And Robin Hood actually gave money to the poor. Right. What they're doing is giving this money to uh, wealthy people that run nonprofits mm -hmm. and are already being paid nice salaries. So it's it's a terrible practice. And Tommy Tuberville, who is a, a new member of the Senate, a freshman member of the Senate, uh, I give him kudos for um, taking a step out and pushing this. I just love that 
Alabama's senator is a former Auburn coach, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's classic Alabama. Exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, we also want to give Pumpkin Pie Awards. Here's a little bit of it. You know, these are people that previously, if we'd had these awards, would have received turkey awards from yeah, you. Yeah, but, in previous you know, years. Yeah. Just showing that we're all capable of growth and redemption and uh, yep. deserving of grace on some level. Uh, Elizabeth Warren and Sherrod Brown are getting Pumpkin Pie Awards. Yeah, now this is a hard one for me, but but the award is listen, deserved. Listen to you. Yeah, it's, okay, it's a hard... It. It's exactly, <laughs> exactly a bomb bug. It's, it's a hardwood for me because both Sherrod Brown and Elizabeth Warren are featured in my book, Profiles in Corruption. And there's a lot of corrupt behavior they've both been involved in. But I give them credit. Uh, they introduced legislation that calls for a ban on members of the Federal Reserve and U.S. Congress and the executive branch from owning individual stocks. Um, insider trading is something we have talked about for close to a decade at GAI. It's a widespread rampant problem with both Republicans and Democrats. You know, they, they tried to change the laws to ban insider trading. It's vague. It's hard to follow. Their approach with this bill is say, tell you what, let's just make it so federal officials cannot own individual shares of stock. They can own mutual funds. They can own bond funds. You cannot own an individual uh, share of stock because that is what where people are going to engage in insider trading and profit in a massive way. I mean, it is pretty wild, the idea that, I mean, whether it's actually John Kerry when he was in the Senate, right, or, or a broker on his behalf. But right. the idea that these members of Congress would be like buying and selling and doing some semi-sophisticated like margin calls right. and options on individual stocks while they work for the committees and are receiving intelligence briefings about the industries those businesses exist in, which is absolutely the thing that happened. I mean, you wrote an entire book about it. It's basically the book that launched the Government Accountability Institute. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy that they can do that. So you have to give Liz Warren and Sherrod Brown some credit for saying, all right, well, if nothing else, we will eliminate that vehicle for even the temptation That's of right. trying to enrich yourself by public service. Yeah, and look, the way we're going to get uh, these kind of ethical reforms through is on a bipartisan basis. Right. So I think it's a great bill. I know there are Republicans that are backing this bill as well, but they deserve a call, a shout out yep. uh, specifically for pushing this legislation. Well, we gave them a pumpkin pie. We gave them a pumpkin pie. There you go. Um, so the next award, the third pie, the third as pie. it were, goes to Senator Rand Paul. Uh, and I give Rand Paul a lot of credit on on a lot of fronts. He's, he's kind of an iconoclast in, in in uh, the U.S. Senate. He's got libertarian streaks, so he sometimes doesn't go along with the conventional uh, wisdom of a lot of Republicans, but he has been relentless in exposing uh, the gain-of-function research that our federal government engaged in and that may or may not be directly involved uh, with the coronavirus that we're facing today. Remember those, and you can find them online, those sort of epic exchanges that he had with uh, Tony Fauci. Fauci denied it. Rand Paul kept showing the evidence, and lo and behold, Rand Paul uh, came out to be the winner because he was right and he was being truthful. So a big shout out to Senator Rand Paul for being relentless, because a lot of times people go to Congress, people like Anthony Fauci, they never get challenged. They right. never get called out. The, the members of the committee give some lame speech, sort of shaking their finger at the ele elected official. Rand Paul engaged. Uh, he effectively challenged him and was proven right. So a big shout out to Rand Paul. And I think you have to say, it's his his background is libertarian. His background is sort of an iconoclast. Someone that's willing to like not go along to get along. Right, gives you the experience and quite honestly the courage in the public arena to be able to. I mean, there's 
a lot of people I know, again, it's sort of insane that we're in this place. I knew a lot of really smart people that literally would only do what Anthony Fauci told them to do right. a year ago, right? right. Like, exactly. well, if Fauci says to do this and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because people that didn't, they didn't trust Donald Trump, they didn't trust anything else. Hey, Fauci, he knows what's up. I mean, he's St. Anthony Fauci, right? For a lot of people. And here's Rand Paul, not in an aggressive or mean way, but just not in a very fact-based, hey, yeah. uh, and he had the courage to stand up and present him with the evidence. Um, and I think... America, the narrative surrounding so many different aspects of public policy as it relates to how we respond to this virus, were shaped by that moment. Absolutely. And Rand Paul, uh, I think, in addition, had the confidence because he's a medical doctor yeah. as well. He has the background. He was not intimidated. And when Fauci throws out these big words that certainly would intimidate me, uh, Rand Paul understands them. So he's really one of the few members of Congress that approached this issue from a well-educated and passionate standpoint. So kudos to him. Um, and our final award goes to a bipartisan uh, uh Two bipartisan members of the U.S. Senate who've introduced a very interesting piece of legislation. Yeah, we're going to make them split the pie, right? <laughs> we've got four pies. I mean, we're a nonprofit after all. Right. They right. got to split this bat, this pie. But uh, absolutely, Senators Bob Casey, Democrat from Pennsylvania, and John Cornyn, Republican from Texas, have introduced something that they're they're calling for a thing that would essentially be sort of like an inverted version of CFIUS, which we've talked a lot about before with some previous research. Basically, anytime um, United States, anytime foreign companies, right, want to invest in U.S. technology, it has to be, if it's got a national security interest, CFIUS has to sort of review it and make sure right. that it's in our best interest. Right. Well, they're now calling for the opposite to happen, right, which is if the United States companies want to invest in foreign corporations, it's got to go through the same level of review. Is this in what's the best interest of the United States national security? Yeah, and I I think this is a genius idea. I think this legislation is going to pass. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, certain lobbyists uh, soften it up or what happens in the House or whether President uh, Biden actually signs the bill. But this is a great idea because, look, here's the bottom line. We are caught in this struggle with China. China wants to be number one. We're currently number one. Uh, and the way they're going to surpass us is with technology and with innovation. Uh, so what they're doing is essentially attracting all this Western capital, all all this Western investment, uh, all this Western talent, um, and all the big companies in America, companies like Google, for example, or Intel, have massive cooperation agreements, investments in mainland China. And the question is, are those investments being used for the military benefit of Beijing? The answer is absolutely yes, because President Xi has this thing called military-civilian fusion. And that means any civilian technology, they look to see how can we apply this to our military. And this legislation says before Intel or Google or Goldman Sachs invests in China in any area that could remotely benefit them in, in terms of their military, it needs to be reviewed by federal authorities, which is currently not the case. So I'm going to suggest that actually because of everything you just said, it's not going to happen. But I think I think people need to realize, I mean, this United States China Economic Security Review Commission is where this idea came. Came from and so now you got these people proposing this legislation, these senators. But one of the things that came out of this commission is like just how tightly merged the Xi economy in China is with the state, right? I mean, yes. it's like there is very little separation. There's any, no daylight, right? There's no daylight between the CCP uh, and the Chinese economy. And so now what you're saying is like, hey, the economy is the CCP, which is the military. So you got these massive corporations like Google, Facebook. We know how powerful they've been in terms of getting their way in the United States. So do you really think that a proposal that would seem to limit or interfere with their ability to conduct business in China the way they want to can be passed? It's a great question. Uh, the U.S.-China uh, uh, Business Council 
uh, which includes a lot of major uh, U.S. companies. Yeah, they're, has, not, they're, no, they're no big fan of this. Yeah, it has come out, <laughs> lo and behold, has come out against it. So there's going to be a lot of lobbying headwinds, but I do feel that there is increasing concern uh, among people in both political parties on this. Uh, so I'm cautiously optimistic in the spirit of the holiday season uh, that this thing uh, may pass. Well, I don't know about you, Eric. I'm stuffed. Oh I'm stuffed. Gosh. I mean, I've had a turkey. Uh, I have had turkey loaf. <laughs> Um, I, I sat around with guys drinking beer around a, a, a turkey fryer, uh, and now we've had all this pie. Um, what's your take, uh, for the year ahead? Are you optimistic? I mean, it's a season of optimism, but we've got a lot of challenges, a lot of struggles. Where is your mind right now in terms of where we're going to be in the future? Yeah, I'm very optimistic. I think, um, I think we, people are getting their minds wrapped around and I think are seen for the first time, the fact that these Democrat and Republican senators are working together to expose and, hey, raise some flags about the impact of United States capital and merging with Chinese government interests have, right? I think people are, I mean, that Liz Warren and Sherrod Brown are taking steps to try to keep American politicians from benefiting, at least in some way, from their public service. I think these are all positive things, right? And I think it's because of people like you and uh, podcasts like this one that we're trying to help elevate some of these ideas. As we like to say, you're going to get information here that you might not get anywhere else, and we're going to continue to keep doing that and hopefully raise awareness because awareness, right? is what I think leads to activism and hopefully policy change for the betterment of the American people. Amen to that. Well, it's the holiday season. Happy Thanksgiving, Eric, to you and your family. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you, man. Just go easy on the turkey loaf. (laughs) I will. I promise. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, We appreciate you, and we appreciate the time that you spend with us uh, on this podcast. If you're interested in more of our content, you can go to thedrilldown.com. Thanks so much for joining us.